0: What is up squaddies welcome back this is episode 24. We've got a great show for you today we are joined by sophie shown she is a registered dietitian and a yoga instructor so you know we love that and we'll have a great interview coming up with her but first as always it's the most interesting thing we heard this week gabby what do you got for the listeners
1: so i sort of have two But they go with each other. Have you heard of Blinkist?
0: I have not. Now tell me about Blinkist.
1: So Blinkist is, and it's something I've heard of before, but this time I finally gave it a go. It's an app that basically takes the um, audible books and it condenses them down into blinks. So it takes every book pretty much under the sun and condenses it down and gets it down to the most important vital information in the book. So, I just listened to, and this is my other most interesting thing. I listened to The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And I listened to it in 20 minutes. That was the whole thing of it. How long does it usually take you to read a book that's, you know, yay thick? Uh, Forever, because
0: I can't read, Gabby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds like a you problem. However, Blinkist is your solution. Listen, Blink is sponsor us. I'm like yeah, like we're a sponsor. <laughs> Please
0: give us all the sponsorships. But I, you're talking to probably the number one user of Spark Notes when I was in high school. Yeah. Which, if you're unfamiliar, uh, or if you're yeah, a little even bit older than that, I don't know. They even I feel like it.
1: they just have just, Google. They're yeah. Just
0: yeah they just give it a Google. <laughs> but I, for years through high school and college, I was really bad about reading. Like I said, it just takes me a long time to read. So mm-hmm. I think you know, I still got the gist of it. I still learned something. Like you said, it's a condensed version. But I will definitely yeah. check out Blankist now that you yeah. gave me that sales pitch. Because even on an audiobook, I listened to Green Lights. Finally, uh, the yes, was it so good? So I mean, good. it was it was great. His life's wild, but
1: yeah, very. I,
0: and his, you know, his just little mannerisms and McConaugheyisms. Fantastic. That yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. But I yeah, it's still a, a, like six hours for the book. audiobook. Long, yeah. If you can condense that down to you know the important, the nuts and bolts of it, I'm all for right. it.
1: It's really good for um, like these self help books. I think there's probably a hundred self help books I really want to read that are just so highly recommended self-help, business, those type of books with really good information that this Blinkist is just perfect for because all I care about is the important stuff. So my interesting thing here was the four tendencies. Have you heard about those?
0: No, that's what I was going to ask you is what did you learn from the Blinkist about the four tendencies?
1: So the four tendencies are sort of, I mean, they are exactly what they sound like. They are our tendencies. They are upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels. So Every single person is some portion of those four tendencies and everybody is kind of leans more to one than the other. But I do think we all have a little bit of all four of them. Um, But you kind of learned that in the blank, so I won't spoil too much of it. But it's really, really good um, self-learning. Like maybe you're setting yourself up for failure every day with things and you don't even know it. If you learn what your tendency is, you'll be able to set yourself up better. Maybe you're not a list person and you've tried to be a list person for forever and you never get things done. So you need to kind of explore your tendency to kind of create better steps for yourself to reach goals and things. Um, And it it just reflects into every single aspect of life. And it's also really cool because you can kind of learn. So I'm listening. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this person in my life is a questioner. Oh, my gosh, this person in my life is an upholder. Oh, this person's a rebel, (coughs) Ricky. Um, so it was just really good to listen to because it also gave you little snippets of how you should probably react to these people because of their tendencies. So I highly recommend it. I probably will eventually read the entire thing, but the Blinkist was awesome. The Blink was just great. So
0: It's really interesting that you mentioned that because I was talking to my client today during the workout and the topic of rebellion came up. And that's something that for years and years, you know, as a middle child, I was prone Mm -hmm. to a little bit of rebellion. You tell me to go left, I'll go right. Mm
2: -hmm. Only
0: out of spite, pretty much. And Mm -hmm. I (laughs) have since realized that that is my tendency. And now I I try really hard to kind of let that initial reaction subside and figure out okay yeah. like, do I actually want to go left or do I actually want to go right and yeah. not letting your tendencies or you know we right. we, we use the term like programming like we, everything that you do is programmed over your entire life time um, mm-hmm. even even to like the the simplest things of like what side of the bed you get in on Th- those are yeah. things that you don't realize that you get programmed into and that's a fairly innocuous example but for some of the more yeah, but- for some of the more intense things in your life that maybe require some more thought, I think it's good to be to be mindful of those tendencies. So uh, yeah. that is very interesting, Gabby. I will have to uh, give it a blink.
1: I think you will love Blinkist, Ricky. I really think you will because I feel like you also want to read and listen to all of these books and there's a stack. You of them will on enjoy my desk. it. <laughs> yep, and me too. And you know, we're getting busier, it's becoming springtime. I still want to read and learn the, all the things because I know they're going to help. And I think we've solved it. I think Blinkist is the way to do it uh, for the time being. So check it out. Do you,
0: do you remember in the office when the, the uh, Donna asks Michael if, if he's read that book by uh, Lee Iacocca or whatever? And he's like, read it. I own it. But no, I haven't read it. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> to a T. Like, I have the books. Haven't read them yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm trying we'll to be them. better maybe, about that.
0: Maybe Blinkist will help me with that
1: i think so definitely But what was the most interesting thing you heard this week
0: this week i read an article on healthline that your personality may affect your brain health as you get older what they said was that traits like neuroticism are related to self-doubt depression anxiety and emotional lability which are all things that i think can put strain on your mental state and appears, according to their study, that over time that that can actually affect your cognition. But they did say that there are potential ways to reverse those traits because the traits that led to good brain health as they got older included conscientiousness, extroversion. Those were associated with less risk of decline. Those things can help you age more gracefully. And they said that you can become less neurotic By tackling that self-doubt, those programmed thoughts that make you question your self-worth or make you feel sad or anxious, and kind of, again, just doing the work, doing that uh, introspection, maybe promote good mental health here, talking to a therapist, understanding your your tendencies, tying into what Gabby just said. If that's something you struggle with, if you're a worrier, if you're an anxious person, that's okay. But you want to do something about it because it's not just affecting your emotions in the long run. According to this article, it might actually right. affect your brain health. So,
1: thought that was makes sense.
0: Very yeah. interesting. Um, and as a extroverted person, I would call myself now. Yeah. Like, I can't decline much more than I'm already at right now. Oh so. my
1: gosh! Oh my god! <laughs> That's another podcast. Don't even start.
0: Listen, we we joke at the gym all the time. Like the the trainers, like we're just trained monkeys. Like we don't know how to like work the computer and like dive into all that stuff. Like Molly was trying to figure out the, uh, the new POS system at work. And
1: Um, I I don't know how
0: to do that. Send it upstairs.
1: I'm kind of like that too, but I chalk that up to all of our, um, generations. I think millennials are over being millennials and we just want to be, uh, like old people. I don't want technology. and what We're all just over it, I think.
0: Yeah. For, Especially for after
1: sure. COVID and all this work from home and everything. We're all just... Yes. If I could get rid of the cell phone, if I had a cell phone that only texted and called, I would be happy.
0: Listen, I've said for a long time that technology, whether it's a robot or a machine or something, will be the end of me. Like that, in one way or another. I don't know how, but that will be... My demise. It's not going to be Set. nature.
1: It's not going to be cognitive decline because you're sad or mean to yourself. Right. It's going to be technology.
0: It's going to be freaking robots, man. Um,
1: yeah, Lord <laughs> knows.
0: Seguing into a new segment for you guys. This one is called Trust Your Gut, and it is all about gut health. And today, Gabby, we are talking about pain relievers. So, specifically, the NSAID pain relievers that are most commonly found over the counter, your Tylenols, your Advils. So sorry, there goes our sponsorships with Advil and Tylenol gobs. But... I, don't,
1: I don't want any other dirty money anyway.
0: <laughs> but they can affect your gut health. Even if you can generally tolerate pain relievers well, they can still have some adverse effects. Overusing NSAIDs can cause gastric or duodenal ulcers, and sometimes even life-threatening intestinal bleeding. But even just on the casual basis, if it doesn't get that bad, it's still affecting the abundance of your intestinal microbiome. So all of that good bacteria that's in your gut that's helping you fight stuff off, the, the Tylenol, the Advil can go in there and mess with all of that. So we try to give you some alternatives here, Gabby. So what's one way if, if you are in some pain, like let's say you have a headache or let's say you have a sore uh, muscle, what would you recommend instead of reaching for that bottle of pills?
1: First things first, how much water did you have today? That's the right question eight. you should ask yourself before before going to the medicine cabinet.
0: Especially with nine headaches. times out of
1: ten. Nine times out of ten, it's water. It actually happened to me the other day. I had a really, really hectic day going from one job to the other, and halfway through my shift at the other job, I just got a splitting headache. Then I kind of thought through the day oh, wow, I didn't drink barely any water today. And it's it's like by the book, it's it's insane. I chugged a bunch of water, walked around a little, took a moment and felt better. And then I made sure to keep drinking water throughout that shift a little more than I do. Than and that's I another one, do. Gabby. So, just for go one. for a walk, yeah. get
0: the blood moving, get your body moving.
1: Step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that can help. That Sometimes
1: can help. it's just staring at a screen. Close your eyes for two minutes. Right, that's another thing that can cause headaches.
0: Go get some fresh oh, muscles. How you nice were saying?
1: Out. Yeah, fresh air that helps a lot. Um, muscles. I would suggest first an Epsom salt uh, bath if you have the time for that, um, or like a heating pad or an ice pack. Maybe yeah. maybe try one of those
0: first. A good old a cool towel, bag of ice, gabs.
1: Those do. Would they work wonders? Sometimes it's the simplest thing. And I mean, I'm someone who's really never liked to take uh, Advil or anything like that. And I totally get it. If you have to, you have to, but you probably don't have to. Like the average person probably doesn't actually have to take it.
0: Well, and I think some people that have chronic that's, pain too, especially they get so used to just taking, you know, their two or three Advil every day, or oh, just yeah, or Aleve. I think Aleve always advertises that you only Not need two one, Aleve yeah. versus like six Advil. Yeah. But still, that's uh,
1: relying on that isn't isn't great for your gut health long term people's gut health is already very poor due to our diets, due to our society. So just adding to that with NSAIDs and things like that, it's not going to help either way. So we we already, we just need to bring the conversation to healing our gut, which I think is just barely scratching the surface in the last few years as being a topic of conversation in the health and wellness world. Yeah.
0: So next time that you reach for that bottle of Advil Ask yourself if there is another way you can tackle the issue.
1: Yeah, your body is so smart. So smart. And it's just trying to... It's asking you for something. And mine was asking me for water that day. And look at that. Headache went away. You know what else cracks me up, Gobs? What? People will pay
0: absurd amounts of money to go to cryotherapy to do a full body ice cryo... Negative yeah. 20 degrees, good for your muscles. A simple bag of ice, No, nobody wants to do that. And I'll, I'm guilty of it as much as anyone. I hate being cold. I, right. If something's sore, I'm like, ah, you know, I really would rather not throw an ice pack on it for 10, 15 minutes. But sometimes that's just the best thing for your bodies, especially your joints, mm-hmm. just reduce the inflammation. And it's not affecting yeah. the inside. It's not getting into your gut. yeah.
1: yeah pause and try to ask yourself the simplest solution and then take it from there
0: there you go all right we will now kick things over to our interview with Sophie Schoen we now welcome on Sophie Schoen she is a registered dietitian at Cleveland Nutrition and a recently certified yoga instructor, Sophie. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So, let's start with your day job as an RD. What is one of the most frequently asked questions you get from
2: your clients? I was just telling Ricky, this is such a tough one because as you can imagine, I get so many questions on a day-to-day basis, but like more specifically, I get so many questions about like a lot of fad diets. Like that's probably a good way to just keep it like short and sweet of frequently asked questions all about like fad diets, keto diet, eating for your blood type, weight watchers, Nutrisystem, Noom is like one of the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Those are those are my most, most frequently asked questions probably.
0: So what about keto? Because I just got that question yesterday. How do you feel about it? Go off.
2: <laughs> We're getting right into it. Oh, my Dive God. That's how, we, that's how we do it. That's how Talk we do it. it. We Go just... for it. All right. So... Top off my take on the keto diet is pretty rigid because i think that it is so completely unnatural and it's just not what our body is meant to live off of our body's first source of energy is always glucose and carbohydrates and when somebody goes on the keto diet their intention is to eventually make their way into ketosis right so where your body is using ketones fat as energy instead of glucose and carbohydrates and right there you are like reversing a natural metabolic function that's not supposed to be happening on top of that you are lacking so many like vitamins minerals phytochemicals fiber in your diet that we are meant to survive off of like those are the things that give us disease reversal disease prevention like good energy levels good metabolic processes and to completely cut those things out is you know, unsustainable, it's not necessarily the healthiest because you're really getting in, you know, extreme amounts of protein, extreme amounts of saturated fat, no fiber. Um, But the reason that people see success with it in the short term is because when you're only focusing on protein as your main source of energy and you're cutting out carbs, you're also cutting out refined breads, cookies, Cupcakes, like all of these all, things. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you're cutting out all of those things that are, you know, more calorie-dense foods that do lead to people either holding on weight or gaining weight. So when you cut those things out, of course you're gonna see results. But by nature, it's just unsustainable. It's just not right. Just
1: wasn't it invented for kids? They they figured it out, like kids were having seizures, and that's mm-hmm. why it was invented like it's not it wasn't it wasn't meant to be a long-term diet for anybody it it was because of seizures
2: yeah exactly
1: that that one i just i I tell people that too when they ask me questions like i'm not an rd i'm not allowed to tell you this that the other but you probably shouldn't be on the keto diet is Mm -hmm.
2: is kind of have so many people that are like you know i did the keto diet for you know a certain amount of time i felt great at first and then i just felt awful Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course, you felt awful. <laughs> yeah,
0: your body's not getting what it needs. Yeah, that's that's Guess the what? dangerous yeah. <laughs> part. I think people think of it as like a lifelong, sustainable program that they can follow, and that's I don't think it's ever been designed for that for the general population. Maybe as a reset if you're struggling with metabolizing your body fat, which it can teach you to do that. But overall, like, it can mess with your hormones, especially for women. Um, So oh, yeah. you, ha- you have to be really dialed in for that to go well.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And as you – like going back to what you said about it being a reset, it's a really good way to get away from certain – like cut certain food addictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that's like another thing that's very hot right now is there's like one side of people that are like sugar is addictive and foods are addictive and then there's other sides where people are like, no, that's not real. But it's totally real
1: (laughs) it (laughs) is so totally
2: real yeah well and even if you're gonna do it for that
1: you're gonna do it for a specific amount of time i like to refer to the whole 30 i'm not recommending the whole 30 but the point of it is to kind of get you off of the sugar get you off of all the things you really don't need you know that paleo based diet the detox you know whatever um, but that's, it's for a short amount of time, but long enough to where your body can kind of reset and then you can kind of go back to normal and make better choices and not eat 18 bags of chocolate covered pretzels in a day. Like yes. some of us do.
0: <laughs> some of us, Gubs.
1: <laughs> um, okay. Listen, the, they got these yogurt pretzels at work and they are
2: really good. <laughs> the I used to love you know, like, flips, mm. the like flips, the like yogurt, white, like yogurt, white chocolate or yogurt covered pretzels. I used to... House those and when I, I, I was little. I was ch- oh my god, I yeah. love them.
1: I thought I was a chocolate covered pretzel gal No, yogurt mm-hmm. covered pretzels mm-hmm. are <laughs> Yes. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so I was creeping around your guys's website a little bit mm-hmm. and. The focus on plant-based nutrition. Talk to me about that, and I would
2: love to. Yeah, just go ahead. All right. So, um, at Cleveland Nutrition, we very much emphasize. We call it like a whole food, plant-centered diet because I think the words, the words like vegan and the words plant-based, mm. they cause people to, for some reason, like red flags go off and they run in the other direction. So, plant-centered is like it sounds and feels almost more gentle.
1: Why do you think? Yeah, that I is? like that.
2: That's a really good question. I personally think that overall, I think people are just really scared of change. I mm. think that people are really afraid, which is super valid, like change is scary, it's supposed to be. Um, otherwise, you know, we would...
0: Wouldn't be so difficult. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, It would stay the same forever, and where's the fun in that? People are really scared of change. That's why I think that people run in the other direction. I also think that, you know that funny meme where, There's that guy who's like straining really hard, and you can Mm -hmm. like see his forehead vein pop out. And it's like when a bunch of people walk into a room and you haven't told them that you're vegan yet, (laughs) and he's like freaking out.
0: So, you think there's some some perceptions about vegans? Totally.
2: I think that people have, you know, this like one mindset, like, Vegans are crazy. Vegans are like super intense and you're going to get like shamed if you eat anything that's animal related. One one person ruins it, you know? Like One person ruins it for everybody. Right.
0: Vegans and CrossFit. Yes, yes,
2: exactly. They go hand in hand. Plant-based nutrition, what we mean by plant-based, plant-centered nutrition is really like bulking up the volume of leafy greens, solid vegetables, you know, fruits, beans, nuts, seeds in your diet and decreasing the amount of processed foods, foods that are high in, you know, added oil, sugar, salt. And our main intention behind what we do at the practice is disease prevention and disease reversal. Um, there are incredible benefits That can come from eating a whole food plant-based diet i've helped people reverse their diabetes i've helped people lower their psa which is like a a number that is reflective of prostate cancer growth Um, i've helped people reverse cardiovascular disease and it's all because these plant-based foods have these phytochemicals in them they're plant chemicals um that help us with metabolic processes help us turn on certain genes like there is a phytochemical in broccoli called sulforaphane that literally turns on a gene in your body to help you create your own antioxidants which will help like you know lower the effects of aging (laughs) exactly like lower the amount of atherosclerosis or plaque that can like build up in your arteries so we are clearly designed to eat these foods. Um, and on top of that, these are foods that again are naturally they come with tons of vitamins and minerals and they're naturally packaged very low in calories. So at the end of the day, you can like eat your heart out, um, you know, leafy green salad, veggies, fruits, and you know, not you can maintain Still your weight, allowed. you can lose yeah. weight. Right. So in addition to the disease prevention disease reversal a lot of people come to us for like weight management or weight loss just because they've done so many restrictive diets in the past things that are by nature unsustainable you know like nutrisystem or weight watchers where you have to constantly count your points count your calories or they're sending yeah. you like prepackaged food that is you know small in volume so what happens at the end of the day when you're still hungry binge. because you don't have enough bulk in your stomach exactly it's either go to bed hungry and you're miserable which is not sustainable or yeah. you you know, go off the plan, you eat more. And then at that point, like, what was the point of the whole exercise? So And you
1: paid all this money. And and you paid all this
2: money. You still haven't really learned anything because again, you have to track the calories. People are sending you food. You're not doing your own preparation, your own learning. So people have to continuously go back to those diets. So they find it really freeing when they come to us and we're like, oh yeah, you can like pretty much eat as much as you want and you can lose weight. And at the same time, you can prevent yourself from diseases, you can lower your risk of dementia, diabetes, just all of these things that in my mind, make it like a total no brainer as to why people should eat that way. And then also I have the benefit of seeing it happen in real time with people. So the proof is in the pudding for me. That is our main driver behind promoting a plant-based diet.
0: So is that what you do for yourself? How that you-
2: is what I do for myself. So I actually went, I was very vegan, super hardcore vegan, when I probably like my freshman year of college, I was started more transitioning into fully staying away from animal products. And I've been vegetarian since I was... 14, I'm going to be 24 soon. So it'll be going on 10 years for me. Um, And when that first started, it was all because I love animals. So for me, it was one of those like trolly Facebook videos that popped Mm. up that was like, this is the video that the factory farming industry Mm -hmm. doesn't want you to see. So of course, you know, 14 year old Sophie is like, oh my God, click. And like, I watched it and I instantly, it was so like traumatic for me to watch that I literally was in tears. I laid on the floor next to my dog and I was like, I'm never gonna eat another animal again. And <laughs> so, oh, great, great, my I, know, heart. I know, right. So that's really all it took for me. It's at that time for me to not eat any meat anymore. And like growing up, I always I never really liked it. I never liked like the smell of chicken it was just weird to me. And I hated like the chewy texture of like fat in me (laughs) yeah i say that to so many people and they're like "Mm, that's the best part um but that was always i just always had such an aversion to it so it wasn't really a big deal for me to be like you know what let me try this i can go without it um and then as time evolved and i did more learning you know i'm still super plant-based i don't eat any meat but like I'll have some fish once in a while. I'll do eggs. I'm like very picky about my eggs. I get like the $8 cartons of eggs mm. at the store. Yeah. Because yeah, like the cage-free, free range, like happy egg. Free edible. range, um, happy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can see the thing is, is that with those foods, like you can truly see the difference in like a factory raised egg the, versus like the- a – Yeah. Yeah, The 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 yolk is like, it's so like yellow and vibrant. And you can tell like when something is more dense in color or like deeper in color, like, you know, there's more nutrition in it. You know, there's more of those vitamins, minerals, the beta carotene because the chickens were eating the grass. And so it's now in their eggs instead of eating like a grain feed or whatever they're giving them in those big, scary chicken lockers. But, yeah, so yeah,
0: chicken lunch.
2: yeah, so over over the course of you know my learning and my career, i've definitely i'm still the majority of my diet is plant based, but I do include animal products once in a while yeah. when I want them,
0: yeah, I think that's a healthy balance, yeah and i think this is a good segue into the the food system in our country because i just drove across the country through parts of nebraska that i've never seen and seeing pens of cattle just shoulder to shoulder for as far as the eye can see i was like oh the smell alone was like i didn't it's even need sad, to see that video i just gross. smelled it and i was like "I'm um, i'm good so i got the grass-fed beef <laughs> this week
2: uh-huh. um
0: so but what what don't people realize about the food system in our country
2: our food system, the food system in our country is entirely driven for profit. There is not a single part of this food system that is catered towards health and people getting better because our country, you know, and our hospital systems, they thrive off of sickness. They don't thrive off of they don't make money off of making people better. They make money or, off of people coming back.
1: Or prescribing
2: them. medications, exactly. Because if you're preventing diseases, you can't prescribe a medication. Prescribing a medication is a part of a doctor's productivity. It's how they get paid. Um, so anyways, circling back to the food system. Um, <laughs> totally driven by profit, not driven for health reasons at all are the food that we eat nowadays is entirely designed to be addictive. There are actual like, flavor scientists or like food scientists that are behind companies to make foods have a certain texture flavor smell like mouthfeel all of these different things that make you want to keep going back to them like there's a reason why they they challenge you they say i bet you can't eat just one (laughs) because they want you to keep eating them it's entirely designed to be addictive so that they can continue being purchased continue to make profit And obviously, you know, our like natural foods in our society are not designed to be addictive, but that's why we see so many issues with diabetes and obesity in our country. And I truly like when people come to me and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm like, listen, it's not, it's really not your fault. I'm like, you just don't know. And this it's the, it's what they want. Like they want people to keep going back and buying these foods that you keep buying them. And, you know, you get that nice little dopamine hit off of something that tastes Mm, really sugary or really salty and oily. It's good, you know, and it signals that dopamine release in your brain, which if you look at studies that do like a side-by-side of like a, the person's brain after like using cocaine versus Mm -hmm. a person's brain after eating like a very high sugary food, it's that same part of your brain that's getting lit up. Lit up. And it's that Mm -hmm. same dopamine response that is, and that's why like we can- Confidently say that food is addictive. Like there's just way too much science to back it um, to say that it's not. Mm-hmm. So the food system is set up for us to fail, essentially. And then on top of that, we don't get any kind of nutrition education, like growing up right. or in ask school. You about the food pyramid. Oh my god! I can't <laughs> tell you the last time. I can't tell you the last time I looked at. Like an old food pyramid but all i remember is like growing third, up third in elementary grade school yeah third grade. E- growing up in elementary school it's like you're walking down the hallway and you see like plastered on the outside of like the gymnasium door is like the food pyramid you know yeah. but they don't they don't teach you about it it's just there to like look yep. at um and then same with like you know general, like health classes in high school, you don't learn about nutrition, even, I mean, doctors don't learn about nutrition. They take like one single nutrition course and otherwise they don't learn anything else about nutrition during their schooling. Um, and that's just, it's so fundamental. Like there's so much power in knowledge and to have the knowledge about what you're putting in your body and like the kind of gas that you're putting in your car, it's pretty important because it determines how you run. Yeah. And not to
1: go back on the keto diet, but I just wanted to like briefly <laughs> mention since you, since you brought that up, because nobody knows, you don't know what a calorie, maybe you learn what a calorie is in fourth grade and like that's it. It's a unit of energy or whatever. Okay. And then you don't hear about it again until you're counting them because you're trying to lose weight. They were never taught. I, I learned mm-hmm. that in college because yeah. I went to school for exercise nutrition.
2: Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, and even still, like looking back on my schooling, like I was a fully, I was a dietetics student from my freshman year through Mm -hmm. graduation and passing my RD exam, Um, and nutrition was all I learned. And even then, like they don't, I don't learn. They teach you clinical nutrition, so medical nutrition therapy, um, diabetes management. There's like very little you learn more about bariatric surgery than you Mm -hmm. actually do about how to help people Mm -hmm. lose weight and like what foods to feed them so that they feel good and can, again, like give you everything that you need while still losing weight at the same time. So it's all, it's very clinical. I didn't learn a lot of what I currently know until I started working at my job, you know, a year and a half ago.
0: Well, not not to put our tinfoil hats on here, but you even go, deeper than that into like foods that the government incentivizes for farmers to grow and it's corn and soy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then corn yeah right and those two alternating or some, sometimes not even alternating just deplete the soil so even the the stuff that they do grow doesn't have the same nutrients in it that it should because they're not rotating their crops they're not
2: and like 80 percent of the corn and soy that's grown in this country is grown to feed livestock not people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to plump them up To plump them up. So circling back to plant-based, not only is it amazing for your body, but it's also incredible for the environment. Exactly. There it is, full circle. It can be an earth saver. It sure can.
1: Talk
0: to me about the gut microbiome.
2: Oh my God. So we have trillions and trillions and trillions of different microbes in our gut that have their own... DNA, they have their own genes, they can multiply, they feed off of what we eat. Um, and there are certain bacteria that feed off of fiber, and there's certain bacteria that feed off of protein. And this is something that I learned probably in the past year. And it's it's kind of interesting and really gross. Like the, the, process, the process in which um, gut bacteria digest fiber is called, it's fermentation, right? and then the process in which gut bacteria digests protein and also, I'm not anti-protein, I hate tons of protein, but just in general, it's called putrefaction. Yeah, which just like sounds like putrid, gross. Um, But essentially we need, with certain types of diets, like diets that are really high in like processed foods, refined sugars, and there's more inflammation, um, our gut lining is very thin. And there are these little like connectors called tight junctions in our gut that help keep everything really close together so that little like food particles can't bust through and just like free float throughout your body.
0: Can't have a party down there.
2: You cannot have a party going on down there. <laughs> you can have a party in the gut, but it's got to stay in the gut, not outside the gut. So, with very inflammatory diets, or if somebody has like an autoimmune disease that's causing a lot of inflammation, those tight junctions get weaker and they loosen. And that's when leaky gut becomes an issue. So those food particles, Will leave your gut. They'll slip through those tight junctions, and then your body sees that as a a foreign object because it's supposed to be in the gut, It's not to be supposed to be floating through your blood, um, which triggers an immune response. So, which triggers more inflammation. It can be, you know, bloating, gas, discomfort, diarrhea, constipation, whatever you want to. Sounds put like to a
0: Pepto Bismol commercial,
2: right? <laughs> so, um, but Pepto Bismol would be. Um, would contribute more to the issue right. rather than make it better. But anyways, yes, because heartburn can be an issue from it as well. So leaky gut is totally a thing. It's like an inflammatory bowel disease, or it can lead to an inflammatory bowel disease. So like if you eat things and you have leaky gut, like you will you can get like a rash. You can feel really bloated, like really uncomfortable because your body's triggering that immune response to go and tack attack those food particles that are leaving your gut.
0: And going where?
2: Like into your bloodstream. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Because they're not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be digested and broken down first Mm -hmm. into what then would be acceptable to be released into the blood, which would be like glucose, glucose, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, everything else gets stored. Um, So... That's the tidbit on leaky gut. And then the gut microbiome in general is so powerful. I think it's like 80% or more of your serotonin, which is literally the hormone. I don't know why I'm like looking into this. Literally the hormone that makes you feel happy. It's your happy hormone. 80% or more of that hormone is made in your gut by your gut bacteria. Wow. Yes. It's incredible. And there's like the research that is out about the gut bacteria now, about the gut microbiome is it's so new and it's just like scratching the surface um there's a really cool test that we do at our office called gi map where it's like a take-home stool test you just like poop and put it in a little thing and you send it out you ship it out to the lab and most stool tests are inaccurate because they look for live bacteria and live dna but most of the dna that's in your gut is anaerobic. So it it survives without oxygen. And once it hits oxygen, it dies. So super interesting. So most of these labs are not accurate because you don't get an accurate profile of like what's in your gut and what's in your stool because most of the stuff that they're looking for is dead. So with GI map, GI map looks at the um, bacterial like shed of DNA in your stool. Mm um, versus looking for like the live bacteria, because then you can actually get like a whole picture. So there we can really determine like the balance of somebody's gut bacteria and what's going on. And then we can treat it by, we use like super natural supplements. Like one of them is like oil of oregano that helps like kill off really? like certain gut bacteria. Yeah. So like super clean, super simple. You basically just want to increase the bacteria in your gut that is like your good gut bugs, like the guys that are munching on fiber. Good gut bugs. Yeah, the good (laughs) gut bugs. Um, And you want to decrease the ones that survive off of like highly refined like sugars and oils and refined grains, like things like that. So um, the gut microbiome is so important. It's so cool. And it is connected to everything that we do, but it's just – it's barely been studied yet,
0: including your mood.
2: Yes, That's including your mood. Wild. Your mood, your digestion. I once had. I was talking to another dietitian once, and I love talking about poop. Like I, I <laughs> like I really believe that.
0: Let's talk about poop.
2: Let's talk about poop. Like I really believe that you can determine the health of somebody's diet based off of their poop. Mm. What's in their poop? What their poop looks like? How often they're pooping? How not often they're pooping? It is reflective of so, so much, so much. Like if you are a regular pooper and you're going every morning and it's like soft but formed, you're good. But if you are like struggling and you have to push a lot when you poop or like, oh my God, God forbid, you're going like every few days.
0: You're just full of shit. You're
2: literally full of (laughs) shit. It's so (laughs) sad. I get so sad when I have people that come to me that they're like, I'm constipated and I haven't pooped in like four days. Yeah. I'm like, how are you standing up right now? I'd be so uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: it makes me uncomfortable to think about. I
2: know. So poop is a really good barometer Barometer of <laughs> your gut health and your diet health as well.
0: So at Cleveland Nutrition, you work with a physician. I do. Dr. Gutman.
2: Dr. Gutman. Yes. Which is funny. Name.
1: That is, yeah, his last name is seriously Gutman. That's not real, is it?
2: It's so real. real. And I was telling Ricky this the other day. So not only is he, so he like started learning more about nutrition. I think he, the whole story is like, he went to a clinical weight loss, like seminar somewhere like 10, 12 years ago in like 2013, 12 or something like that. He's an internist. So he's a medical doctor while he was there. He was just like, This is all garbage like none of this makes any sense at all it's all all of these weight loss things that we're talking about are all about people trying to trick their bodies and like trick their metabolic processes rather than doing what actually works you know keeping it simple so instead it was like so complicated so he saw this hole that needed to be filled um and then just became like obsessed with the concept of nutrition and disease prevention and weight and just optimal health with food and just studied it, you know, day in and day out until he was very knowledgeable about it and very confident in the research that he had done. Um, but he is also a hemorrhoid doctor. So he treats hemorrhoids non-surgically, um, which is great because it's an issue that a lot of people deal with, you know, especially people in the fitness industry doing their heavy lifting might, you know, pop a hemorrhoid and need some help. So he treats them non-surgically. Um, so he always makes the joke, like he catches people on the way in and on the way out. So (laughs) Uh, uh, I know (laughs) he's full of good corny jokes, but yeah, he's great. He probably didn't
0: have a choice of any other line of work. No, he
2: did not. Right. I did not want to be
0: an astronaut. And they said, no. The universe said, no.
2: (laughs) Nutrition and hemorrhoids is your path.
0: (laughs) I love that. That makes me. Yeah. I I like when things uh, (laughs) just align like
2: that. Just align. Yeah. But he and I are a great team. It's just the two of us. So I'm the only dietitian that works there. He's the only doctor. And we do a really good job of putting our heads together. Like we mesh very well, which I'm so grateful for because I would hate to work for someone that I didn't feel comfortable expressing my thoughts and my feelings to. Um, and it's great too, because I really get to be a part of the growth of the company. Um, it's still like relatively fresh and new and there's a lot of things that are changing. So um, it feels really good to know that my input is valued. And over the past year and a half to just have like watched the practice grow and you know the impact that we have on people has been really inspiring. And it's what gets me out of bed every morning.
0: I love that you got you awesome. got to feel good about what you do mm-hmm. that's, that's important in life um talk to me about hydration for a quick second because i think we focus a lot about the foods that we're eating when we talk about nutrition but mm-hmm. hydration plays a major role in this as well so mm-hmm. How how do how do you approach that with your clients?
2: So I am very much a listen to your body type girl because our bodies are smarter than us. They know what we need when we need it, and they know how to tell us. Um, so especially going again going back to a more plant centered diet, when you're eating a lot of like leafy greens, veggies, fruits, things like that, those are foods that are naturally like packed with hydration. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of you know water that you're getting from your diet, which for most, if we're talking about like the standard American diet, most people are not getting in that hydration from their food because they're not eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Um, So when you're getting a lot of hydration from your food, naturally your need for just, you know, drinking water throughout the day can decrease. And then when you're eating less salty processed foods, your need for water to kind of have that electrolyte balance in your body lessons as well. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of things that I see about like drinking, you know, half your body weight in ounces and water and so on and so forth, which also, just to circle back really quickly, totally depends on like activity level, what you're doing throughout the day. Like if you're in Africa or if you're in Cleveland, like how much are you sweating? Mm-hmm. How much yeah. physical activity are you doing? Well, it depend, you know, that's how, how much water you'll need to replenish then. Um, I think hydration is so important. We're like 75% water, so we need to drink water. Um, But at the same time, you don't want to overhydrate because you don't want to you know, urinate out all of these vitamins and minerals in your body and dilute the vitamin mineral content of your body where those could otherwise be used. Um, and then drinking too much water can cause things like brain fog and fatigue. I mean, you can literally like drown your organs, but this is like, if I'm talking about, if you are chugging water, like Mm, if you're just drinking water all day long, right. But otherwise, I mean, hydration is so important. It's good for your skin. It's good for flushing out toxins. Like it's, natural electrolytes. If you have, you know, if you're drinking water from a tap, you can get some minerals and fluoride from the tap, which is good for you too. It's important, but also like don't overdo it. Yeah. Your body knows best you when you're thirsty. can eat your water. water. Yeah, just,
1: yeah. Just eat your water instead. Like, look at your, your pee. Drinks.
2: If your pee is dark, drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look
0: at your pee will be the name of this episode. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so your Instagram bio says, which I love this. I really appreciate it. Self love in the form of food for the mind, body, and soul. Kind of touched on this, but can you break that down a little bit more for the listeners?
2: Yes. So I think that what you feed yourself is what you put in your body. Like we were talking about, you're not going to put like maple syrup in your car, right? It's not going to run properly, yeah. it won't work. <laughs> but um, if what? you. <laughs> what? I've been doing that all my life. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, it's just as expensive as gasoline. Right. It really is. Especially if you get the like special dark kind, you know, Um, but the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The good stuff. Um, So you are what you eat. They've been saying it forever, you know, and if you, Oh yeah. For, in my opinion, like I feel confident, I feel energized. I feel radiant when I eat healthy food that is again, packed with Those vitamins and minerals and those phytochemicals that are made to keep us alive and keep us a well-oiled machine. Um, And as I was saying before, like touching on the the freedom of it, like the freedom of just being able to, you know, grab something out of your fridge that, uh, you know, by nature doesn't have a nutrition label on it. You know, it just naturally doesn't have one on it. That's kind of like my MO is like, if it doesn't have a nutrition label on it, like it's good for you. Mm. Eat it, you know, Um, you don't being able to just like reach in the fridge and grab food and not have to think about calories, not have to think about how I'm going to feel after I eat it. Just knowing that it is like good, clean fuel is super, super freeing and it makes my brain feel good. It makes my body feel good. And, um, I definitely have a history of like back when I was in high school, a little bit in college of like disordered eating behaviors and thoughts. I feel like a lot of women experience that throughout their lives. Men too. Sorry, Mm. Ricky, don't mean to leave you out. Um, but women, especially, there's just so much pressure on what we're supposed to look like. And, you know, growing up you know only recently now are they including more like normal body models and like these beautiful women that haven't been eating cotton balls dipped in lemonade like to stay thin i don't know uh-huh. if that's actually a real thing <laughs> i don't know if that's actually a real thing but like i, I heard it don't. <laughs> i had an ice cube and a tic tac uh-huh. <laughs> that's where the more of like that freedom part comes for me um is i I can just and i have a big appetite like i can just really eat as much as i want and i feel good and i feel energized i don't feel like bogged down i don't feel any guilt around the food that i'm eating um and that doesn't only come with like a change in what you're eating but it comes with like a lot of mental work too obviously um so if you are somebody i am not specialized in eating disordered or disordered eating behaviors so if you are i would definitely recommend finding a therapist who specializes um in those fields or any eating disorder clinics nearby. The Emily program is a great one that I refer out to frequently. Um, But I guess, does that answer the question? I feel like I went off on like a total tangent.
0: No, you did,
2: you did. It totally does.
0: (laughs) And I I really like the analogy you made there, especially with like the fuel in your car. But I do think people maybe have that misconception sometimes that like your body is this static thing that like food just goes in and goes out like fuel into a car. But like the fuel that goes into a car doesn't change the car. Like the the car is the car. Mm -hmm. We are a collection of atoms and molecules that like we literally the food you eat becomes part of your body. And if you think about it that way, like the stuff that you grab, that's, you know, like the McDonald's cheeseburger, do you want that becoming part of your body? Like Mm -hmm. that's, probably not right. going to make you feel mm-hmm. very good, at least not after the first like two minutes. I think we we get stuck in this thought that like food just goes in, it goes out, like it helps keeps us going, but it doesn't it really like- It changes you. Right. It
2: can change like the, my doctor, Dr. Gutman, always yeah. says, he says, because a lot of people come in and they're like, oh- I have diabetes, it's, you know, everybody in my family has it, it's probably genetic. And we're like, it's not genetic. Like you do not have a gene in you that says you are gonna get diabetes no matter what you do. But, you know, your genes load the gun and then lifestyle pulls the trigger. That's what he always says. And it's such a like juicy a, nugget. Like I love um, it because, yeah, you know, you may have diabetes in your family and it's maybe cause, you know, lifestyle habits are passed down from generation to generation. You're gonna eat oh, like true. your family eats, and they yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people are, you know, they feel defeated because they feel stuck and we yes. kind of like they don't- them down this avenue that they didn't know existed before where we're like, we can reverse your diabetes. We can get you off of these medications. Like we can get your body functioning the way it's supposed to function if you just eat listen the- <laughs> and, and eat the food that, that you're supposed to eat that helps you function exactly. naturally. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. 1,000%.
2: Abnormal food causes abnormal health. That's another good one. I
0: like that one. Yeah. So let's quickly touch on your yoga background. Yes. Um, So how do the philosophies of yoga incorporate or complement with your expertise in nutrition? Because there is a nutrition component of yoga and philosophies, but Mm -hmm. how do those blend for you?
2: So the way it blended in my life personally was through, I just talked about how, you know, I had these disordered eating behaviors and thoughts and like body image issues growing up. Yoga, like almost completely healed me of that. Like I was able to have this space on my mat where nobody was looking at me. It was my time. It was my space. And it was my ability to just go and be like free. And I always felt... Felt like yoga was. It's such a beautiful movement. It's like dancing with with yourself. Like that's what I always say. It's like dancing with yourself, and it's just this time where you get to reconnect with yourself and like feel what your body is capable of doing. And like that's when I was really like, wow, my body is incredible. Like why would I try to fit this mold of somebody else and what other people are looking like and whatever? When like look at what I can do and look at how good it makes me feel. So it really kind of like snowballed throughout the rest of my life. I was like, okay, yoga makes me feel really good. These certain foods make me feel really good and these certain foods make me feel not good. Um, As for like how nutrition plays into yoga itself, I mean, yoga is all about, to me, it's all about like honoring your body, honoring those around you and like self-love and self-compassion. And I I think that what you eat is a direct can be a direct reflection of how you take care of yourself. I mean, it is a direct reflection of how you take care of yourself. Um, and again, like if you feel good and you feel energized, you can show up on your mat and you can have an incredible practice. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who said they went and ate a McDonald's cheeseburger and then went to a hot yoga class.
0: No, that would end <laughs> terribly. <laughs> and it would be
2: and it would be so smelly. So. <laughs> you'll have have more energy, you'll have a better practice. You connect more with your body, with the earth when you eat foods that are from the earth versus man-made, processed, yeah.
0: So as a teacher, what what do you hope that your students take away from the practice besides just like the movement and the the breath? Like what, what are you hoping that they gain?
2: I hope that they gain a like a strong sense of individuality, and like that same experience that I had of just like showing up on your mat and having nothing but just so much love and compassion for yourself and for what we're able to do every single day. Um, and for, you know, honoring the fact that you gave yourself an hour to show up on your mat and to leave everything else at the door. That is the most of like what I want people to to take away that like their their yoga practice is their practice it belongs to them and nobody else and they should feel really empowered by that and and motivated and excited
0: I love that yeah we have a segment that we like to do with our yoga instructors that uh to teach Gabby a yoga pose so Gabby will stand up you can cue her into any pose that you'd like just tell us a little bit about it and maybe the listeners if you're not behind the wheel of a vehicle. Uh, go ahead and try this at home.
2: Nice. Okay, Gabby. So I guess start by telling me if you've got anything that's tight or needs stretching. I'm back. I don't know what
1: it is. I think we need a new mattress. My back. <laughs> back has been not great. Yeah.
2: So what I'll have you do is stand up and do like um, like a wide legged forward fold. So like wide stance. You start in, like, a star pose, essentially, where you, like, you know, spread your body out like a star. I don't know how else to, like, describe that.
0: Arms wide, Yeah, legs arms wide. wide,
2: legs wide. And then go ahead and do a nice forward fold, if you can.
1: <laughs> I can. I can
2: and then what i'll have you do is go ahead and do like Skandasana, which is like a very low lunge to let's start just do the right side like low lunge over to the right so you're going to bend into that right knee straighten out the left leg um left toes can be pointed up to the sky make sure your foot is flexed and then take your left hand like your left arm and reach it like across your body towards your right leg but like lower <laughs> so you should be like really low down towards like down to the ground I am I am Okay Abby's, good Gabby's
0: out of the picture frame right Yeah now, so, so can't I can't see
2: I don't know what you're doing but <laughs> if you take your if you take good. your left if you take your left arm and you extend it across your body and you reach over to the right you should feel like a really nice stretch Ooh, on okay. the left side of your low back and then if you go and do it on the other side you'll get it on the other side
0: and that's called
2: it's just Skandasana with like a cross body stretch love it yeah nothing too fancy but like feels really good mm. no, and good. then another one no, is just nice. like a seated a seated forward fold with your legs bent with your knees bent will really get you into your low oh back. yeah
1: that's a good idea
2: that's mm-hmm. a good
1: idea
0: Another segment we like to play with especially our nutrition guests is called smash, stash or trash.
1: Oh my god.
0: Uh, we're gonna, we're going to give you 3 vegetables. You get to smash one. <laughs> like you love it, guilty pleasure, yeah, stash yeah. or trash is just you, you hate it. Okay. okay. You get the you get the gist.
2: Oh my god, this is going to be so hard because I'm a dork and I like love all vegetables, but okay, go ahead. And all just a <laughs> uh, disclaimer oh all show I eat ice cream. I eat cookies. I enjoy myself all the time. I love food, but I want people to kind of walk away with this understanding that like your overall health is determined by what you do like 90 to 95% of the time. Like enjoy your birthday, enjoy the holidays, like Mm. enjoy those special life moments that may revolve around food and that's okay. But like wake up the next day and do what you know is going to be best for your body and for your health. Anyways, I'm ready. That's good advice. Thank you.
0: All right. So smash, stash, or trash. Broccoli, zucchini, mushrooms.
2: Oh my God. Okay. Mushrooms, trash. <laughs> I listen, and so mushrooms, oh, interesting. Are just, like, mushrooms are so good for you. Like they are absolutely incredible for you. Like they are a total superfood and I just hate them. <laughs> I hate the smell, I hate the texture. Mm. When, I, when I do buy them, I, have to tr- I treat myself like a toddler and I like cut them up really, really, really small so I like can't see them or taste them in my food. But I like try to include them because I know that they're so good for you. Um, broccoli, smash, zucchini, stash.
0: Zucchini is so versatile.
2: It's so versatile, Zoodles. but but like broccoli, I could eat broccoli every single day. Mm. I love broccoli.
0: Can't do it. No broccoli. I have to like trick myself into eating broccoli. I have to hide it. Yeah. Under something.
2: Should make but a recipe. Is very meh to me Yeah. Very meh. Oh my yeah, god! I, like, so you know, I love it. Yeah, I buy these meant, like yeah. huge bags of broccoli from Costco that have like they have like ten oh, individual yeah. like one pound frozen just like sacks of broccoli. Yeah. Throw oh, one well, in I'll the eat microwave.
1: it and I'll, yeah. I'll do I it, but I'm of, I eat one
2: of those packs in like two days. I love broccoli oh my god yeah
0: all right so So before we let you go oh yeah gabby's a big costco
2: i love costco (laughs) shout
0: out to costco it's a good good Um, place speaking of shout outs uh tell the people where they can find you your social media the, the website for cleveland nutrition give them all that good stuff
2: yeah so if you're looking for some help with any kind of like disease management reversal prevention or weight go ahead and check out www.clevelandnutrition.com um, and you can go ahead and you can like fill out a contact form and submit that. And we will get back to you in a matter of a couple of days to set up a initial consultation. Um, so that's where you can find work stuff, um, personal food stuff, yoga stuff. I'm on Instagram as wildfire.wellness. I have dreams of it becoming a food blog one day, but at the same time, I um, Social media and I have a love-hate relationship. Mm. I take space from her. She takes space from me. It's healthy. (laughs) So I'm not consistent enough for it to be like um, super legit. But I post tons of recipes on there and like nutrition facts and all that fun stuff.
0: Shout out your yoga classes okay. too, where. You teach oh, them.
2: yes, okay, so I teach at Tremont Athletic Club on the East Side and University Circle on Thursday nights at seven thirty and Saturdays at noon. And I also teach at Cleveland Yoga Beachwood, which is my home studio. so I've got so much love for them on Saturdays at four thirty, so you can catch me there as well.
0: Awesome, Sophie, Thanks. thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thanks so much for having yeah, me. This was so fun
0: that's a wrap on episode 24. Don't forget you can like, you can follow on Spotify, Apple podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram at dsdtpod and at trilogy CLE. You can find Gabby at GSyn healthy and fit. And I am at Ricky Bobby until next time. Stay hydrated fam.